Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. It is day 236 of quarantine. Welcome to episode two of Arsenic and Espresso. This is the real reason why we're arsenic and espresso. Because coffee. Because we don't sleep. We don't um, sleep. Sleep is ever. for the week. Sleep when you're dead. Sleep. I wish I could sleep for a week. That would be. Oh, that would be nice. How do we want to start this one? Um. Well, I mean, first off, we got to address all the support that yeah. we got this last week. Um. I mean, we've been the channel has been up on YouTube for a week. Um, for like just over a week and uh, it is officially on most sites it's on spotify anchor.fm um, a bunch of other ones as well um, yeah no there, there's been an insane amount of support um, we're excited that you guys like what we're putting out so far we hope you continue to like it oh yeah so we're wanting to have like reaction videos in between podcast episodes mm -hmm. um, because the podcast episodes will probably be pretty long um, and the reaction videos are like 20 minutes or less and we want to be able to have those up on YouTube but we also want to have content that doesn't get taken down 11 seconds after posting. I have pages notes. of notes. Notes on notes on notes. Uh, I also have pages of notes but <laughs> more like chicken scratch and a bunch of arrows um so <laughs> this point to this point this yeah. point to this point we have a whole lot to talk about um yes. in this episode um and i wanted to start off with some news um what's it is going on quarantine it is quarantine right now currently day what are we hold on today is april 3rd so day yeah. 18 for washingtonians yep and it feels like day 100 well, this is this is the point in the season where I feel like a lot of um, concerts were coming up, lots of events mm. uh, that have now been rescheduled to a point where they're just not even putting out like a potential date. Yeah, uh -huh. every everything has been canceled. Anything fun has been canceled. Tying that into the podcast, lots of local bands are suffering from not being able to perform, not being able to sell their merch, not being able yeah. to sell tickets. And a lot of people, as we know, like try and turn their music career into their livelihood, into their sole income, into the only thing that they do. And so this quarantine has put an abrupt halt to all of that. And uh, a lot of people are suffering. Yeah. And we've seen, um, we've seen a lot of different bands do live streams, whether it's on Facebook or Twitch or different things like that. And People I, are going live on Instagram a lot, too. Instagram. Yeah. Um, and I, I almost feel like this might be a new wave for the the music industry in general, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, th I feel like you're going to have a whole lot more of that. They're, they see that there is um, the ability to still market themselves, mm -hmm. even not doing a full tour. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think you're going to see some bands or – you know, some some areas market themselves or, you know, yeah, some bands kind of market themselves that way a mm -hmm. little bit more, um, giving uh, maybe even like premium access to, mm -hmm. to paying subscribers or something like yeah. that. Um, Patreon style. Well, and it's almost like a like an unplugged show or like a backstage pass to the show. I feel being able to get on Instagram or Twitch and see these performances where you don't have the chaos of the crowd taking away from the music. I know I've personally been to several concerts where the crowd becomes disorderly to a point where you can't even hear the band anymore. Mm -hmm. And it it makes it not fun. 
And so being able to see these artists perform uninterrupted by your surroundings, I think is really cool. I think it's a really, I don't know, just a new way of doing things. And granted it's new by force, but I think it's something that could, has the potential to be really lucrative for bands in the long run. Yeah. I'll be, I'm just really curious to see where this kind of takes everything. Um, I know for myself anyways, I mean, there were a handful of concerts that just got canceled, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the um, we got word from from C- or from the governor, right, that mm-hmm. all Seattle was going to be closed down and everything. And I had literally just um, clicked to, to buy the ticket for, um, what was it, the Acacia Strain mm-hmm. um, the next week. And I was like, well, I can't do that now. Yeah. Um, and I was really excited to go see them. Um, so I think more, th- more than ever, it's uh, a good time to – Show your support for bands. Um, stream their stuff more than ever, right? Buy merch, right? Mm-hmm. That's a, a huge deal. Um, Buy an album. Like, even though we can download everything on our Spotify premium, like, go to the website and buy the album. Um, that'll do a lot more for the bands in the long run. I think, um, I think bands need to do a line of quarantine merch. Quarantine merch? Yeah, kind of like how you get Snuggies. Oh, <laughs> that's a great Could idea. Could you imagine? Like a, I got my Slayer Snuggie. <laughs> and it's like Slayer, you know, 2020. And then it has home tour. And home it's tour. Just, just home. That's it. I would I would wear that. that would I would fun. wear it out of the house. No, no doubt. The Snuggie and everything. Well, I mean, As I Lay Dying is doing a t-shirt, yeah. right? Where yeah. the proceeds go to... It's a it's a feed the hunger that campaign and I can't remember which one it. I think feed the it, hunger or end hunger. Feed the hungry, maybe. Feed the hungry, okay. Um, but it is uh yeah it is a campaign going towards feeding the hungry and I think um I think it's based in California um but either way I thought that was really cool they put out um they put out a t-shirt for that so you can buy the t-shirt to help support that but then also just streaming the music or buying the single um mm-hmm. that they put out as well it was a brand new single that they put out um. And I have that on my Twitter. Okay, yeah. So earlier this week, um, I posted on um, the podcast Twitter, um, and I've been wanting to do this every week, is uh, just post, you know, four songs that you should add to your playlist. Um, and I want to keep doing that every every week, just something that's that's popped up in our timeline or something mm-hmm. that we've started to listen to again, um, whether it's new or old or whether it's, you know, underground band or somebody who has a whole lot of traction already or maybe even considered mainstream, um, but just something that, that would be worth to put into your playlist. And I want, I hope that everybody just gives it a shot, right? Even if it's something that they've heard before or from a band that they've thought, ah, you know, I'm not really into their style, um, throw it on, uh, throw it on a playlist, give it a couple of plays, give it a shot, right? But this week um, I had posted a few things, and one of them was the new As I Lay Dines uh, um, song, the, the single that they put out. It's called uh, Destruction or strength um and so that's the one that is going towards um feeding the hungry um and i thought that was really cool that they were doing that um i think that's really cool i think i don't feel like oftentimes when you see celebrities speaking about something like we in the metal world see the people we follow speaking about it yeah you know like everyone has what they're passionate about and like yes bands will do like partnerships with um different charities and organizations things like that but it's not something that's super in the forefront yeah um and i think it's really cool that as i lay dying did this right now yeah no and i I think it's something that i want to see more 
-hmm. as well. I mean, it doesn't matter how big you are, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, even even smaller bands, I, I think that they could really benefit from um, helping out different campaigns like that too. I think that that would be cool to see see that happen um, on a smaller front and on mm -hmm. a bigger front, just more often. Um, I mean, that's what we need right now, right? Is uh, just more people helping each other out. And I think that's kind of mm -hmm. what this time, this quarantine has started to do for people, right? Mm -hmm is realizing how how many people out there actually need help um and what can you do for them and yeah and what we as just the normal average americans have the power to do and right now it's stuff like buy merch and download songs and that yep. is actually helping a lot well and that, so do that, it <laughs> <laughs> right well and that even um that even goes into a, another thing that i wanted to talk about as far as news of this week goes you know i posted on um a local facebook page uh just talking about the post podcast and what we're going to be doing um and talking about how we really wanted to have a an underlying focus on the underground um and local bands local bands yeah. right and supporting the local bands um and we got so much feedback just we from got that one post. It was um, so much feedback. We got so many different suggestions and they're all different. Like maybe one or two of the commenters commented the same band, but out of the right. like 40 or 50 comments that are on there, they're all different bands. Some people posted multiple bands. Um, and they all like have, we, there's so many options. Well, and and there's so many different sounds too, which yeah. is really surprising. There's um, everything from like doom metal on there. There's like, like a true like uh like thrash metal there's some black metal there's yeah a little bit of everything there's definitely some metal core on there yep going back to the four songs we have in our playlist we actually have two songs from the list of suggestions of local bands yeah. one being um the song state of desperation by the band one vote for violence definitely oh, their stuff like was really good. more of a metal core sound yeah yeah, yeah they have a nice metal core sound um, I feel like their sound is super complete. Um, yes. They have, I um, can't remember how many plays they had. It'd be cool to see them have even more success because I feel like they have a really good sound. I feel like they're going to go go some good places if they haven't already, right? And then what were some other ones that we, that and we put on there? There's Destruction or Strength by As I Lay Dying. And then um, Diamond by Sunset Gore. That's another Seattle oh, band. That was a good one, yeah. Super good song. Um this one has more of like a that, like a death metal vibe, I feel, because you've got the clean vocals and the dirty vocals layered in with it. Um, there's a lot of really clean melody. Some of it's kind of a, a, a more metalcore tone to it. Um, and then other stuff on that same CD has a lot of, um, like it kind of reminded me of like Deftones. Um, mm -hmm. And that was refreshing because I haven't heard anything uh, that reminded me of Deftones in a really long time. Yes. Um, and so that was that was a really cool change up. So uh, there was just so much on there. And so I want to go through. Um, and then the last song, side note, not to interrupt you, but to interrupt you, the last yeah. of the four songs you should add to your playlist is What the Dead Men Say by Trivium. And that's the video we, that got taken down. We really The song is spectacular. That. Yeah, that was. Put that it was, on your playlist. Definitely. Look out for the video to come back eventually. But that is something that I definitely wanted to um, include, and I know we had talked about including that a lot during our each episode, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of just talk a little bit about some of the the local bands or some of the um, uh, the smaller underground bands. 
right? And um, there was one other band as well that really stuck out to me um, that I wanted to talk about this week. They were actually the first people who commented on our, our Facebook mm-hmm. post. Um, but I think it's Asima. We apologize in advance if we pronounce any of these names wrong. Uh, we're going to pronounce them almost all wrong, probably. But that's okay. They are definitely a whole lot more death metal, or mm-hmm. deathcore, rather. Um, they were actually set to open up for the Acacia Strain. Um, so I would have seen them, right, if Seattle didn't shut down. Um, but, you know, it's important but to... safety first. Yeah, exactly. I know I wasn't thinking safety first when I saw the, the announcement. Um, yeah. But uh, I was pretty frustrated. But we all got to go through, or we all got to make sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Um Stay home, stay safe, right? So that we can get back to our normal life sooner than later. Buy merch, um, buy albums. Buy merch, buy albums, exactly. Oh, yeah, and then the other um, band that I wanted to put down, too, because I know there's a few people who listen to our podcast that are into doom metal, and so mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about them really quick, too, because uh, they had a really cool sound. Um, What was the Dilapidation. Band? Yeah, Dilapidation, for It sure. was a good sound. So. I don't typically personally listen to doom metal, Um. Not for any other reason other than, like, I'd never have. My anxiety is too high. I just, I, I want the breakdown to start, and it never starts. So <laughs> <laughs> You're just, like, on edge the whole time. <laughs> so I can appreciate it, but I just don't listen to it very often. But yeah, so go and check out those bands that we mentioned. Um, you know, even if it's not quite your style or anything like that, but just even for the purpose of adding one more view, right, mm-hmm. to a local local band, Um and drop them a comment too, um, wherever you can on a YouTube or, you know, a social media page or anything like that that you can find, um, and let them know that Josh and Alice sent you. Today, I think we both brought kind of general topics to the board. Um, we're talking more like genre today, right? Mm. Yeah. And like the difference and similarities. Kind of a kind of a like music appreciation. Music course, appreciation right? or um, like what's the difference music history too a yeah. little bit i know you're uh, i don't i i went deep into the history <laughs> wormhole yeah. but it's been fun um it's actually been really fun i'm, I'm glad that you fun. you wanted us to go over this first yeah. um because it i was able to kind of do a dive into different genres and different music history i wanted to do this because i have always personally interchanged the terms like heavy metal, death metal, hardcore, um, yeah. all of it. I have interchanged all the words for all the years. And it wasn't until recently that I learned how wrong I was <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah. um, to interchange all the genre styles and terminology and verbiage. Um, and so part of it is for me, the education point, I want to be able to call something what it is and not misdefine it incorrectly define it mystify it mystify it that's not right yes yeah so i think that this is gonna serve a couple of purposes right first off for our own knowledge right Mm -hmm. um and bettering understanding but then also for those people that are just getting into metal or um you know maybe didn't really understand everything all the history Mm -hmm. that went behind it and the different genres and everything like that um and i think that this can serve as a really good uh sort of a teaching um educational guide um Mm -hmm. but at the same time i'm not gonna claim that i know everything about every genre and Um, we're also not gonna be able to talk about every important 
aspect of each genre. Today, we're only talking about one, two, three, four. We're only talking about five genres today. Um, In my research, just within one genre, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight subgenres of this one subgenre alone. So we're not going to be able to talk about everything. We're not going to be able to talk about all of the bands who influenced these genres who are even popular in these genres um i guess for me it was more of that these were sort of the the genres that i felt were most influential in what i listen to now Mm -hmm. um and kind of also what was reflected in the mainstream right and i'll go into that Mm -hmm. um as well how the mainstream kind of followed you know from one to another um yes yeah well and i felt like through my research i would be researching something and it would pull randomly like at the same time in the in the grunge scene or at this same time over here mm-hmm. new metal was happening and like all of these things they happen around a very similar time frame they um there's a lot of like blending of genres there's not solid lines of differentiation and i think a lot of metalheads do get kind of upset when you point that out because Absolutely. they like their style and anything outside that style they they just don't like and um the fact is is you really can't have one without the other a lot of these genres piggyback off of each other and exist because of other genres they wouldn't be the same they wouldn't be the same and um yeah and so all i really (laughs) the biggest thing i gleaned from my research is like it's all uh it's all coexisting and Today, I want to be able to talk about um, just kind of like the the progression of metal and how it started to um, kind of break apart into these different subgenres. I think that's perfect. Well, where do we where do we start then? So, like for myself, I have always used the term heavy metal to describe any music that I listen to that has like an electric guitar, yeah. like. And I, I think that's a common misconception. I think it's a, a huge misconception. Um, um, and I also have used the term heavy metal to describe like grunge and punk. And like yeah. I, I have misused the term for years. Even though I've misused the term for so many years, heavy metal is really where the entire metal genre began. So I wouldn't be wrong if I called it classic metal as well. So so a lot of the, right. yeah. the more classic metal bands yeah. that, um, you know, every 13-year-old that shops at Target wears one of their band t-shirts. Yeah. Um, that's uh, that's probably more Well, and, and heavy, heavy metal. metal really started taking off in the late 60s in Europe and then through the 70s and 80s here in the United States. And um, you had British bands in the late 60s like Cream and the Yardbirds uh, who really changed the sound of the music industry over there. Up until that point, you'd had stuff like the Beatles, right? Um, and then... Which is not metal. Which is not metal. <laughs> I never qualified the Beatles as metal. That's good. Um, and then in the 1970s, though, um, bands like Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath came to the forefront of the industry. And... As the 70s progressed, like, people really loved the sound of Led Zeppelin. They loved the sound of Black Sabbath. Um, but in into the 70s, the rise of disco took over the, like, 
mainstream and it became obviously more like radio friendly music to play um and so it rose in popularity pushing these uh heavy metal bands more underground um you have bands like acdc judas priest alice cooper who all as they rose in popularity they weren't getting as much radio play and so their following was like an underground cult following and i think that's where you really see this um like the the beginnings of the the cult following yeah and fan base of metal bands in general yeah not to be confused with kvlt which is more of a a black metal term right yes yeah yeah and i'm not even don't even get me started with spellings <laughs> right now oh my gosh we do not have time for a grammar lesson today oh, um but then so now it's full-fledged 1980s you have bands like death leopard iron maiden and van halen breathing new life back into the genre so everything had it hadn't fizzled out at all i don't want anyone to be like rock didn't die not saying it did, but mainstream it, was playing a lot more. It lost the attention of the mainstream. It lost the attention of the mainstream. And then you have this transition into glam metal. You have bands like Def Leppard um, really kind of put on this really elaborate show. Um, I feel like this is where, like, yeah, hair metal and glam metal comes in. You have these, like, gender-bent performers, and it's really... Um, it's just really elaborate. That's the only way I can describe it. More, um, more about the show than anything. More about the show, a little bit less about the music, but obviously everybody still loved the music. Um, but but it, I, I guess entertainment, it? right? Yeah, the entertainment factor. Um, still all about the music, but their focus was the entertainment yes. of the music. Yeah, so because the it was shows, a full performance. It the was, mascots, right? Yeah, Done. and it was it was a like a character at this point. This is when I feel like you really start to see um, bands create these different personas on stage, and you you start to see that like that separation between like performer and musician. Yeah, you know if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Um, but during this time, you have guitarists like Eddie Van Halen and Randy Rhodes. Um, breaking the stereotype of metal because at that point with bands like Iron Maiden you had a lot of people starting to say like it's just noise it's not even like there's not even like musical talent involved and these two guitarists really changed that narrative Um, many musical elements were pulled from like Baroque classical composers such as Bach and Vivaldi which I've always said I'm a firm like I love 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 any music with a classical element to it um and so these like really well-rounded musicians started putting out heavy metal music Mm -hmm. and you couldn't deny the fact that it was insanely talented music that was happening um but then again so here we are we're in the late 80s at this point uh the hair and glam metal scene really became mainstream and people um, across the board, not just metalheads, really started following glam metal. And that performance factor came up. Um, it was a lot fancier than I think a lot of metalheads were used to experiencing. But glamorous is the only way you can describe it, I feel, yeah. you know? Makes sense for the, the glam metal. 
<laughs> Hence the term <laughs> glam metal. Not to say it's not good music. None of this, I, I want to <laughs> pause right. and just say once again, none of this is me saying like any of this music is better or worse than the other. This is just like a historical timeline of what happened and what was happening in the world during the time to make some yeah. music more popular than others. Um, Makes sense. But then the 90s came around and we see this shift again. I love going decade by decade because I feel like the it's just a really easy way to break down what's happening in music history. Yeah. Going decade by, going decade, by decade. Anyway, um, but into the 90s, we see this shift from it. The music scene shifts from glam metal. Um, and there's this emergence of grunge music. And it's almost rebuking the glamorous sex, drugs, and rock and roll portrayed by oh, absolutely. glam rock and roll artists. I don't know how many times we've talked about it or cut it out or whatever. Um, but I think that it's important to to say, you know, well, this is this is definitely subjective, right? And we're not it going... It is subjective, and it is a quick overview. Quick overview, right? There's not enough time to talk about all of the metal bands out there. Um, so I'm sorry for hurting somebody's Anyone's feelings. feelings. Um, I'm sorry if you feel left out because we didn't mention your obscure band from 1973. I apologize. They count. They are important. They are. <laughs> um, your feelings are valid. No, but if there are any bands um, that you feel are very significant that we left off, um, feel free to, to send us those. Um, yeah. And we had also left off last night talking about bands today who would still count as heavy metal so i think that would include bands like five finger death punch avenge sevenfold yeah. kill switch engage probably others many others yeah well i think it's kind of funny too um you know the the bands that you just mentioned are also even though i would i would definitely classify them in a heavy metal genre um just modern modern heavy metal mm -hmm. um I, I feel like they're also the bands that are um maybe maybe you wouldn't say hated on the most but uh, love to hate sort of um they've definitely gone into that more mainstream sound whereas like we were saying heavy metal is definitely a little bit more marketable mm -hmm. to the mainstream and i think especially five finger death punch has really found niche market yeah where they can be edgy they mm -hmm. can be alternative um and still get radio play still get radio play still book like huge venues um with without it being like um like the like pain in the grass concert that yeah comes through like, yeah because i think what was um actually five finger death punch had a tour with who i think they're even touring with trivium right now um it's i, I think they're headlining it but it's um five finger death punch um it might be Lamb of God and Trivium, or it might be none of the bands you just. No, they were totally touring, or no. maybe they maybe they announced a new tour then. Um, okay, um, but I mean they were touring with Papa Roach, I Prevail, and Ice Nine Kills. Oh, okay, yeah, that was. And Papa Roach, like, what even? What? What? I don't know. If I, I mean, went that's... to a concert where the headlining band was supposed to be heavy metal, and then they're like coming to the stage next is papa roach i would be like i went to the wrong show like i'm at <laughs> yeah. the wrong place well i mean that's new metal right it's um i don't i don't know i papa roach to me 
I think I feel the way about Papa Roach that most people feel about Breaking Benjamin. They're Breaking just like, Benjamin, what even? Yeah. What even is this? Not it's not metal. Nickelback yeah. music. Nickelback music. Um, no, but I I think that um, it's kind of fitting too, though, that they've sold out um, yeah. in a way. You know, towards. I guess a lot of people would say that they sold out or their sound kind of sold out because that's the same thing that people say about like Metallica, for -hmm. instance, um, which is definitely a heavy metal band. But everybody said, what was it, their Black Album? Um, I I think a lot of people talk about is when they kind of sold out to the mainstream Mm -hmm. um, and they were no longer the underground Metallica that um, everybody loved, except everybody still loves Metallica, um, except for St. Anger. We don't talk about that CD. Um, so that was, have you heard of that one? No. Oh, well, we'll, we'll listen to that one okay. sometime. All right. It's, it's a treat. Um, it's a treat. But that kind of, uh, segues into just the final bullet point. Okay. I suppose mm-hmm. about heavy metal is that a lot of these bands did like, they started signing to really popular record labels they started, I mean, they started performing at venues outside of the metal world. Yeah. Well, I And mean, then they, they all got really good managers and marketers to market them and, uh, well, and sell I, their brand. And I think that that's the thing. It's, it's the thanks to heavy metal um, that you could be a part of a metal band and have that dream of selling out venues, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um do you, so I I figured you'd actually just do your whole black metal thing now. Do my whole black metal thing. Yeah. Now? Would you like some more coffee? First. Trying to set up your line. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> I like my metal how I like my coffee. Black. <laughs> that's that's not black, but. There's definitely almond creamer in there. That's how I like my metal. With a little almond. With cream. a little almond creamer. <laughs> But not too much. Not too much. Still still pretty black. Um, oh, my gosh. Anyway, next genre on the list that I'm talking about, at least, is black metal. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to talk about this because several of the bands that I listen to, <laughs> I always say several, the two bands, the one band that I listen to. Well, the stuff that interests you. The stuff that interests me. Because, I mean, there's a lot of metal that you've listened to or have and, mm-hmm. and you'll come back to. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, even though you only have two or three bands that you keep on repeat. Um, yeah. But there is a lot of that, that stuff that interests you. But so, yeah. Many of the bands that interest me do fall under this category of black metal. But something that I didn't realize, I knew that there was this huge shift in the black metal world um, in Norway, I believe in the 90s. And I knew about that, but I didn't know much more. Um, And so black metal kind of rose, or it came to the forefront in the 80s in England. Um, And the the term black metal was actually coined in 1982, um, a band called Venom, their second album Mm. was titled Black Metal. Yeah. And so this is where we start seeing that phrase used to describe a certain genre of metal music. And I think they even had a song, right? That was a, a title song off of the album, too. I believe so. I'm pretty I sure. I don't know for sure. So, but this is where you also start to see a rise in bands performing in corpse paint. And mm. you have um, kind of like 
that weird time in the U.S. when there was glam metal, but also heavy metal, and you had bands like uh, Kiss performing in makeup. You had uh, bands like Twisted Sister with pseudonames. Mm. Um, that same thing was happening through Europe with black metal, except it was much darker, and it wasn't as, like, drag queen-esque, I suppose. Yeah. It was definitely intended to instill like some fear yeah in the viewer i mean it worked right it did That's... work it did work well i think for for a lot of those reasons um anything on the black inside of metal um i i really i'm really interested in the culture behind it mm -hmm. um more than i'm interested in the the actual music of it um the original black metal through the 80s it pulled a lot of its inspiration mm. i suppose from satanism and paganism mostly satanism yeah um and many of the bands throughout had this very strong just anti-religion uh tone to all of their music um musically speaking the singing was replaced with screaming so musically speaking singing was replaced with like a high-pitched screeching scream and that became one of the main, like, defining factors of black metal. Mm -hmm. um, you had bands like Venom and Bathory and Merciful Fate. And this is all still through the 80s. Um, you see the pseudonames and monikers replacing actual names and band members becoming, like, only known by their pseudonames. Um, the sound had a very, very dark tone to it. Very low like lo-fi production quality, mm -hmm. um, heavily distorted guitars, really fast drums, and you had that anti-religion, anti-church um, theme throughout all of the songs. Yeah. These black metal bands of the early 80s, they used the imagery of Satanism to instill a fear, and mm. but that was it. It was all imagery. It was all a show, Yeah. right? It was all just like, something to be scary so they grabbed you know through 666 on everything they put pentagrams on everything but well, i feel like that's still relevant to today right yes. there's a, a whole lot of bands out there that don't really have a, a satanist sound or mm -hmm. a satanist lyrics um you know save for a, a few of their songs or you know one or two songs on each album um but that's not you wouldn't think that from the album art, right? Um, mm -hmm. You'd think that that's exactly their entire lifestyle, right? Yeah. Um, where it's it's just more on the play of this is scary and it's not Christian, right? Yeah. The anti-religion. Yeah. Yeah. And however we can make ourselves look anti-religion, that's what we're going to do. And so then in the late 80s, so we're still talking in Europe through Britain and like Norway and Germany and all of that. Um, so in the late 80s, you have black metal kind of falling to the back burner and you have death metal rising in popularity mm. and the difference between the two black metal had that really high pitch really fast paced mm -hmm. and death metal had this lower pitch vocal you have um like not slower beats but mm -hmm. just it's toned heavier. down though. Yeah. yeah it's a lot more toned down a little sludgier sounding yeah slowed down with a higher production quality yeah um and so you had those two, like, very different uh, genres kind of coexisting at the same time. Um, 
And then in the 90s, so this is the part that I knew happened. I didn't realize mm. the extent of this shift. Um, so in the 90s, there was the second wave of black metal that came through. Uh, it stemmed from Norway specifically. And you had bands like Immortal, Mayhem, and Gorgoroth. Mm. Um, and they took that fear. They take that fear of Satan and satanism in general and they amplify it so through the 80s in the united states there was this satanic panic going on people were really afraid of cults there was a huge rise in uh the satanic church and devil worshiping and you started to see um you saw murders you saw mutilations you saw Mm. um uh, uh what's the word i'm looking for like um arsons all done in the name of satan and um when it turns out a lot of those people who were doing those horrible things weren't actually a part of the satanic church. They were just doing it to instill fear. So through the 80s, that's happening in the United States. And then this second wave of black metal comes through, and they really take kind of that satanic panic fear and really amplify it. Um, Mm. And then from 1992 to 1996, there were over 50 Christian churches that were burned um, with ties to black metal. Oh, okay. And it started, so like it wasn't the bands going out and doing this, but it was like their followers. And it was like the cult following that, that uh, compounded behind these bands. And like the youth of the time took these lyrics from these songs and, and put them into practice. Okay. Right. Um, and then in 1991, so like, there was black metal, and then the second wave of black metal was like, no, we're going to be right. more hardcore. Like, you think you're hardcore. Like, you don't even know. You're not hardcore unless <laughs> you're not, you live hardcore. Exactly, yeah. exactly. In 1991, um, Mayhem's vocalist, I'm going to butcher his name, Per Ingre Olin, uh, committed suicide. He killed himself. He slit his wrist, he slit his own throat, and then he shot himself in the head. It was a horrible horrible thing um and a very violent suicide um the guitar the lead guitarist from their band is the one who found him and instead of going for the police he went down the street bought a disposable camera and took pictures of the crime scene he took pictures of his friend's suicide um and then later they used one of the pictures for an album cover that's that's hardcore and I looked at the photo they used as album cover, and it's it's horrific. Terrible, yeah. Because like, it's not just horrific because it's it's a dead body, but it's horrific because this person killed themselves in such a violent way. Yeah. And then it then was exploited, yeah. right? And so like, that to me, I just I don't understand. I feel how like that could... second wave, right? That that first wave is you know the the. A lot of their stuff was ba- based on the Satanism and anti-religion and all that sort of stuff, like you were saying. But that second wave is just, yeah, they just wanted to up it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, up the ante more. Um, and what else can we get away with? What else can we do to prove? Yeah. Um, and how, 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 how scared can we make everyone? How dark and how, yeah. yeah. And it was, it. I feel like it sort of became this thing, this like battle of the bands, if you will, mm. of like who could be more fucked up? Yeah. Like who could do something worse than the other person yeah um 
and it got really, really dark for a really long time. But then there was this unusual, like, mainstream rise of black yeah. metal as this was happening. Um, black metal rose in popularity Who pushed among it? the masses. I mean, bands like Mayhem, bands yeah. like Immortal. Yeah. Um, and then there was one band in particular. I think I wrote it down. Demu Borgir. They were the one of the most successful black metal bands. So I don't know if they were the ones who were pushing the rise in popularity or if they were pushing this extremist lifestyle. Um, but either way, it all worked in their way, favor. It all started to rise in popularity. It did become more mainstream. And I think a lot of bands felt like that defeated the purpose of black metal. Right. It wasn't supposed to be mainstream. It was supposed to be something that was dark, that was secluded, yeah. that was almost like a cult. That was its own, even though it was anti-religion, it was it started to form this almost religious um, following of its own. Yeah, and then rising in popularity, bands were like, "What is this? Like, this isn't what we signed up for. This is not what we're about." Um, and the mainstream started to eliminate that fear tied to black metal it because it rose in popularity yeah. people were like oh it's so creepy and fun like this is crazy and it's so spooky <laughs> and it it took the fear away and it made it like a haunted house i feel like that's the only way i yeah. can think to describe it is people looked at it like a haunted house so even though it was normalized in it a way. was completely yeah. normalized and so like even though there were bands who were like there were people like committing murder who were committing arson who were like photographing their dead friends and using it as album art the the masses were like that's so creepy and and weird and we love it yeah but i feel like it eliminated the fear that is so often associated with all kinds of metal because i know like as i've listened through some stuff as we've started doing some research like i know i don't listen to the heaviest stuff out there at all yeah and I I acknowledge that I don't listen to the heaviest stuff and I've had people tell me like your music sounds so scary and I like in my brain like, I'm like but you haven't heard you have hmm, no idea you have yeah. no idea my stuff is like cupcakes compared right. to some of this you know and so with that rise in popularity many black metal bands shifted to other genres kind of leaving behind that that violent and satanic imagery yeah. um because <laughs> murder is not marketable <laughs> Like, simply put, arson right. is not marketable. So yeah. bands, they, they shifted their sound. There's not a long-term success plan in, exactly. in arson and murder. Exactly. Yeah. You can only go so far before it's prison. Right. Um, but then you had, so, so an example of a band who shifted their sound, you had Immortal, who then created a like a completely fictional world that they based all of their lyrics off of. And they said, no, it's not oh, satanic. Neat. It's this fictional world called Blashaker that all of their music was based off of. Um, and then you had that band that I was saying a minute ago, Demu Borgir. I tried looking up pronunciation and Google was like, we don't know what you're talking about. So I apologize because I know I'm saying it wrong. Probably. Um, That's okay. I don't speak Norwegian. What do they speak in Norway? Is it Norwegian? It's okay, Norwegian. I don't speak Norwegian. Yeah. Um, but so Demu Borgir, they added clean vocals. Um, so you had that layering of the really dirty vocals with clean melodic vocals. Um, and then they also added that 
um, operatic element. So you've had okay. more of those classical instruments come in. Oh, that's you've cool. had that rise in like that like Sabaton yeah. Sabaton Sabaton sound. Yeah. Um where it's very orchestral. Yeah. In addition to heavy drums that. and distorted guitars, right? Yeah. That makes it fun to listen to, I feel. I love that. Yeah. And this is where you see the rise in like and the, the transition into these bands having more of like a folklore nature more more like traditional pagan right um was that undertone okay yeah i was gonna say is that where like the the focus in like celtic metal and stuff like that yes, started to come that, through like, viking or? metal yeah and so you have bands pulling from like um well folklore but all, like mythology you have yeah. bands pulling from mythology you have bands like immortal creating worlds of their own to base their lyrics off of um and for example you had and this is all still in the 90s. So you had the band Agaloc adding unconventional instruments, which led to a very folk metal sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at first it didn't get popular and people were like, what is it? Why is there a banjo? Like, why, what are you doing? I don't yeah. understand. Um, but then in 2007, French metal band called Alceste used um, more of those traditional and unconventional instruments in their debut album, Souvenirs d'une autre monde. I don't speak French either, so I apologize. Um, and people loved it. They yeah. really ate it up. But this is where you have that huge split, and you had black metal being an umbrella for all of these other genres, like symphonic black metal, mm. um, melodic black metal, blackened black metal, progressive, atmospheric, depressive, psychedelic and even unblack metal which was from the christian world oh interesting a movement to like counteract so that it's satanic same sound metal. just different yes gotcha yeah and it's funny to me because we're talking in the mid 90s crosses right side up and that's when <laughs> but that's when there was that huge rise in christian metal in the united states yep and yeah, that's so all... i think it's very interesting that around the same time frame on both sides of the world, you had this rise of these other genres, specifically Christian metal, being like, we want to be a part of this, too. Right. <laughs> like, we like to headbang, well, too. <laughs> we can make music, yeah. Um, but I feel like of all the genres, black metal begs the question of, is it metal enough? Mm. Are you even hardcore? Yeah. Like... Right, how heavy and can if you we get? Compare, how, how dark can you get? How dark can you get? Like, I feel like if you compare other genres to what black metal was founded on, the answer yeah. is no. It is not metal enough because traditional black metal bands were constantly one-upping each other. Well, and that's and where themselves. you get, like, Ozzy biting the head off yeah, of the bat. Yeah, 100%. Um, right? I mean, that was yes. that's what that whole movement was about. Yes. Um, and it was all about instilling that fear and just mm-hmm. being as extreme as possible. Yeah. Um, all aboard the crazy train. And then there's also train. the question is – with this huge shift away from violence and actual like law breaking acts, right. um, does modern day black metal even exist, mm. or, or like, is it all just can a... it exist without the fear and the violence that started the genre? Right, right. Um, I don't think so, because you don't have. I think you can have elements of traditional black metal from the 80s in your music i think bands do have that but 
again, murder is not marketable. Probably a lot of, of bands that take um, take a lot from black metal mm-hmm. are influenced a lot by black metal, but not But no not one a is true... performing human sacrifices right. at their concerts. Which I'm okay right? with. Um, yeah, as a, as a consumer, you know, I... Less human sacrifice, less churches burning, I think is a good thing. It's a good thing um, for everyone, all you know? around. Um, bands that I personally love that fall under this like new black metal sound, Equilibrium, who mm-hmm. I've talked about a couple of times, yeah. they fall under that symphonic folk black metal yeah. and the melodic black metal. And then a band called Falkenbach, they're German, and they are black metal and Viking metal, which I Sounds love me some Viking metal. I love it, love Viking it, love it. Viking metal is fun. Um... I think um, that actually reminds me. I was just listening to um, to a breakdown today talking about Igor, uh, a band Igor or mm-hmm. Igor. I don't, you know, goes both ways, right? Um, it's Igor. It's a Igor. What hump? <laughs> Name that movie. Oh, I love that movie. Um, but yeah, they actually have. Um, what did they use in one of their songs? Um, was uh, accordion. They had an accordion going. I love that. With um, some like. Just really heavy metal sounding yes. drums in the background and everything. Um, well, freaking Equilibrium on their latest album, Renegades, their song Moonlight has like a piccolo yeah. or something in it. And I, that was it cool. It is so weird. It's just fun to listen to. And it's so, well, because like, like one minute you're like in a mosh pit and the next minute you're at a Renaissance fair. And I love that. And I know a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. I know. But I feel like they do it sort of for music's sake, right? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just them. Um, well, and there's, I also feel like. And I could be getting this wrong. Obviously, I'm not a member of this band, so I don't know for sure. But it's it's reaching back to your roots, your cultural roots of saying, like, this is where we came from, and we're going to apply it into our music today. Yeah. So I think that kind of leads me into where um, the couple of genres that I, I wanted to talk about as well um, was that transition of the mainstream focus, right, in the 90s, basically. Um and the biggest focus in the 90s for the mainstream music um, was grunge, mm. right? And I think a lot of people don't really consider grunge um, as a genre in general to be a metal genre. Um, but there's definitely a lot of metal influence. And there's a lot of bands that, that have a whole, uh, like, uh, definitely a metal sound to them. Um, and I would consider them to be metal, metal grunge bands. Right. Um, but the biggest thing that came out from that, and I think, or or really the reason why grunge all kind of started and got big was the sort of the backlash or the rebellion against what was big at the time, which was the black metal scene, but more um, like the hair metal scene, Mm -hmm. right. Or the 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 hair. It was definitely hair and glam. And that's where, yeah, and that's where grunge came about, right? And of course, being from Seattle or being in Seattle, um, we have to talk about Nirvana, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sort of pushing the grunge um, genre more than anybody else did. Um, but yeah, so you had bands like Nirvana, which I think were kind of the face of the genre, and they definitely weren't as metal as others, right? You have uh, bands like Alice in Chains, right? Um, the Stone Temple Pilots and yeah, exactly, and Soundgarden, who definitely had a, a metal sound to them as well. Um, but the it, the whole genre kind of started as a rebellion, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, you were talking about hair metal and the glam metal, just glamorizing um, the whole sex, drugs, and rock and roll, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they came so 
grunge came out and just kind of pushed this um you know life isn't a party sort of a thing um and sort of more of a deeper um i don't know what would you call the sound like a <laughs> grungy right? um <laughs> kind of like like straight out of your garage yeah sound whereas like hair metal at the time had gotten really um really production like based, really right? pro like super high quality production shows and really quality production recordings mm -hmm. um and then grunge not only were the lyrics darker but like the sound was just yeah it was edgier definitely. it wasn't as clean of a sound definitely and you had um you, you know it was sort of their whole focus was to go against the mainstream um which was interesting because everybody everybody caught on to that right and then suddenly they became the mainstream a lot like black metal did mm -hmm. right um and so grunge became this mainstream and it's, it's funny too because they i can't remember what band did it um but they had a, a huge concert you know that they sold out um and they played the majority of the show not facing the crowd right backs to the crowd yeah so grunge's whole idea behind it you know the whole style of grunge um not really musically but lyrically was to go against the mainstream right and to go against what hair metal was all about what um glam metal was all about and everything like that and i think nirvana was really the face of that they did um and really the face behind the, the entire scene not just because they were the biggest and they sold the most right but because of how they did grunge right i mean they had um entire sets that they would play um that they wouldn't play any of their big stuff. I know there was, um, even with the crowd booing them and everything, and they uh, they would yell at the crowd at times. Um, I think this towards the end. Just so focused on not being mainstream and hating the mainstream so much that they ended up hating themselves and hating the fans that mm -hmm. that supported them. Um, and so, I, I don't know, it's just a, a, a weird time in music, but I think that it was really important to for the mainstream to shift off of... Um, the metal that was so popular at the mm -hmm. time and to go through that transition because that it created a bridge yeah it it that shift from the glamorized lifestyle of hair metal bands and then you had grunge come in and it brought a real rawness to yeah. like both lyrically musically speaking all of it yeah. um and it kind of paved the way for other genres to be born from it definitely because i mean they had a focus on a darker reality um you know before before grunge you know metal really didn't talk about politics at all either um and then after grunge and if it did it was really like superficial definitely yeah and so i think more than anything um grunge was impactful to metal um more than it was a part of metal um and so i think that it's important to talk about and kind of to mm -hmm. separate that as well but that leads you into a smooth transition into what new metal is um, and why new metal got so big, right? I mean, basically you look at um, Linkin Park and if you if you had Nirvana um, and you gave them harder music or heavier music um, backed with, you know, rapping, mm -hmm. and that's that's basically Linkin Park, yeah. right? Um, yeah. And, you know, nothing to, nothing to play down on either bands. Um, and that's kind of where I came into... Um, really listening to a lot of metal music was during the new metal time and i think a lot of times um when you look at like a classic metalhead or you know somebody who would say that they're a true metalhead um they look at both grunge and new metal and they they don't really like to call it metal mm -hmm. uh, they don't think that it's real metal um but i think more than anything what those did for the genre of metal was to bring in 
new listeners. Yes, right? definitely. Um, definitely. I know that's where that's where I came in um, to the scene. I know that's where a lot of people our age came into the scene because that's what was getting played. It was getting a lot of radio play, right? You yeah. had bands like Linkin Park, um, like Korn, um, Disturbed, you mm-hmm. know, was sort of in that area as well. Slipknot, um, you know, System of a Down, mm-hmm. right? I think System of a Down is the perfect connection between grunge and new metal yeah honestly because their sound is very raw their lyrics are very politically fueled absolutely um, but they have they're, they're still heavier like they're much heavier than nirvana yeah for example definitely um, yeah, way feel heavier like they bridge yeah it perfectly well and you had that kind of um you know talking about the 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 black metal too right you look at slipknot and they're, they're definitely um if you can't consider them black metal, right? They're like a blackened new metal, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and One side note, whenever anyone says blackened metal, I just straight up think like Cajun food. And then I'm oh, like, well, now I'm hungry. Right. And I want catfish every time. Every that time. sounds really good right now. I know. Um, some jambalaya. Anything. Right. Give anything. me anything <laughs> from Louisiana, please. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, it is funny too because I I feel like a lot of people um, I think one of the reasons why people our age love new metal so much still is just because of the nostalgia factor. Agreed. Right. I mean, there's a whole lot of the stuff that I look back and I listen to now, um, and I'm like, wow, some of that's really bad, right? I mean, mm-hmm. new metal also brought us Limp Biscuit, so that was a dark time. Um, dark time for metal darker than black metal um but for different reasons any water and see i never listened to limp biscuit i don't think i've ever heard yeah any of their music um we'll have to you'll have to listen to some of it um maybe we'll do a reaction video definitely um yeah (laughs) (laughs) we'll we'll do it what if i love it oh what would you do? Well, I mean, I really loved it when I was like in third grade and I heard it for the in first time. Third grade. Yeah. Going back though and listening through some of the stuff, a, a lot of the lyrics, because um, like we just said, was very political, um, and it all went over my head. Right, as a fifteen-year-old listening to it, I'm like, none of that made any sense. Um, and so we, I've started going back through and kind of listening to all the stuff that I used to listen to, um, and. I wanted to bring out and actually shout out um, Anthony Fantano from uh, The Needle Drop. He does reviews on music and everything. Um, and I, I played one of his videos, and I think I sent it to you too, right? Um, and he did a breakdown of um, System of a Down's album. Um, what was that album? Toxicity. Yeah, Toxicity. And um, it has like Chop Suey on there. Uh, a bunch of those songs um, were so, so good. And I mean, I, I enjoyed all of them. Um, but it wasn't until I heard his breakdown of it and really looked at the lyrics that I was like holy cow there's there's like they had a lot to talk about and I feel like that was new metal's thing was we got a lot to talk about it's not just um it's not just sex drugs and rock exactly it it definitely isn't you know there's there's a whole lot um more to it and so I think that that's really important that's what new metal brought to it as well um was uh, the idea that you could talk about anything that you could be political if you wanted to um but also that you could do it kind of as musically as you want to you know i think a lot about um corn's music right um and they were a huge impact in the new metal scene and i think a huge impact in metal in general right mm-hmm. they they helped push that genre a whole lot um just because they were interested in the bizarre 
right? Yeah. And I look at uh, when I was looking back at new metal, I felt like I could kind of put it into three different categories of new metal, right? There was the rap rock scene, right? And you see that with like Linkin Park, right? Mm -hmm. Or even Limp Biscuit. Um, but then also the grunge scene, right? Mm -hmm. And then the the third one though is that bizarre scene of just like some really weird stuff. Um, and it came out really good. Yeah. Um, and I know you didn't listen to a whole lot of corn, um, but that were definitely one of my musical influences, right? Mm -hmm. That's something that I listened to a whole lot just because it was weird. It was different. Yeah. Um, and uh, they push the envelope in a lot of different ways. Definitely. Yeah. And then even looking back at, you know, growing growing up in the church, right? Mm -hmm. One of the, the biggest new metal bands for um, for like Christian metal was uh, P.O.D., Yes. And I actually, I don't know how it came up, but a um, their Youth of the Nation video came up um, and my suggested feeds on YouTube. And so I watched that again. And it was crazy because of how relevant that still is today yeah. and how deep that song was. Um, but once again, being 13, 14, 15, when I first heard it, um, it didn't really, yeah, it didn't resonate it. the same way. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that was really cool. And I think that's why there's a little bit of an, uh, like a resurgence in new metal today. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's coming back a little bit. Um, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, who knows? Um, but I think that it pushed the personal preference, personal <laughs> preference, right? Um, it's very subjective, just like yeah. all metal. Um, yeah. but I think, I think that new metal just pushed pushed the genre and it yeah. just kept it going and it caught the mainstream and kind of brought it back more towards those metal roots yeah, right that underground scene so grunge kind of took that 180 approach to what hair metal was right you know this is who they are and they took it and just went the exact opposite way with it um and then from there new metal was able to pick up right where grunge left off right and kind of bring it back and start that transition to bring it back towards um, more of a true metal sound um, and more of a true metal scene. Um, and then that's where, and that was in, you know, grunge was in the 90s. Um, new metal really picked up in the 2000s or, you know, late 90s um, through the mid 2000s. Um, and then metalcore really picked up, uh, right, like that 2005 time frame. Yes. That was a great time to be what alive. Great time um, for metal. So much was going on, and I feel like a lot of that, um, you know, you look at the metalcore bands um, that were big during that era, and you had the As I Lay Dying's, right? August Burns Red, um, Bring Me the Horizon, Bullet for My Valentine, um, all those bands, right? And I think if you went to, uh, if you graduated somewhere between 2005 and like 2012, mm -hmm. right? That was. That was your jam, right? That's what yes. you listen to. Those are the staples. Um, and that's where, that is where the mainstream caught back up with more true metal. Um, and I know that that's going to upset a lot of metalheads, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of them don't look at anything that has core in the name, right? Mm -hmm. Or a, a, a big hardcore influence mm -hmm. and say that that is actually metal, right? Um, they would say that it's not metal, that it, it's... It, derives too much from the punk scene and so it's not a true metal uh metal genre right um and for sure it's not heavy metal um right. but at the same time as somebody who's a fan of you know new metal and um of metal core i look at the punk scene and i just can't get into like the true punk sound of things same um yeah. And so I would say that it's not, you know, that it that it is its own thing, right? It's not just a punk hardcore mm -hmm. scene. It's definitely more of that true metal metal sound um, 
than I think it gets credit for. Mm -hmm. um, it, it has a unique sound to it too, right? Um, you have uh, like thrash metal, which came straight from that heavy metal, but with a little bit of punk roots. Um, and then you have metalcore, um, which is sort of a perfect blend between the two, I feel. Um, which, you know, hence the name metalcore, right? Mm -hmm. um, you do have a lot of arrows pointing I paper. do. This there's a lot going on on this piece of paper, <laughs> and we're gonna try to get through this together, through the magic of post production editing, um, and my wife keeping me sane. Sane. That's so nice. This this will happen. Okay. Um, Let's do it. All right. What metalcore really brought to the scene was the breakdowns, mm. right? Um, open up the mosh pit. Let the let the drum solo go or whatever it is, right? Yes. Um, and and just let loose. And I think that that that's what drew me in, right? Um, the concerts mm -hmm. that I I remember one of the the concerts that we went to. Well, who was it? It was. Um, I don't know which oh, one you're talking about. It was uh, it was a War of Ages, uh, Bless the Fall, um, Demon Hunter, and As I Lay Dying. Oh. All packed into the the Sunshine Theater in Albuquerque, right? So there it were like it holds like eighty three people, right? And, and it there was like two hundred. It was there. nuts, but the show that was put on was so stupendous, good. It was so right? good. Um, there were people, you know, who was it? The the lead singer from Bless the Fall, right? Did a front flip from the house speakers, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, what was that? Like twenty feet up into the crowd. I I'd just yeah. never seen anything like that before. No. Um. The entire bottom floor when As I Lay Dying went on was a complete mosh pit, right? There was no there was no pit. It was just no. the bottom floor. And if you were down there, you were part of the pit. Yeah. Um, and I remember that was that was actually um, – was that the first concert that we went to together? I think or so, yeah. It might have been. Um, yeah. But we were down on the floor, and it got kind of crazy. And um, I remember putting my arms up, right? Um, trying to you know block people from pushing into you and stuff, and I look down and you're throwing elbows you know into the back of people as they come by, and I was like, oh, okay, this this is fine. I found the one. Um, but, <laughs> but that's the same show because like after because I am claustrophobic, and so like even though I can hold my own, I'm claustrophobic, and so we left the mosh pit soon after that. Oh yeah, we went, went up upstairs, and we noticed like security. The show has not started. Like nothing, no music is playing. Nothing's happening. And security on, like, one side of the venue is, like, freaking out. And you start, like, scanning the crowd to be like, oh, what yeah. is going on? And there was this little kid. Like, he, oh, he was, was maybe, like, 14 or 15. Because yeah. it was an all-ages show. Yeah. He was teeny tiny, passed out. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he got like slammed in the face. He probably just got hit. I don't. Yeah, yeah I don't know if um, he like hyperventilated and like passed out. But they, the whole crowd just passes this tiny little white yeah, boy all the way Over across the to security, and he was like, like he was, he yeah. was gone. Which I think brings to a, a good point. Um, crowd killing is not okay. We do right? not condone that. Moshing <laughs> is fun. Go nuts. Um, but don't crowd kill. Um. <laughs> well, and I also, I don't know, I think there was this rise in, a tr there was this trend of, like, going into a mosh pit intentionally to hurt yeah. people, well, and, like, that takes same, the fun out of it. Same with the rise of what you were talking about with black metal, yeah. right? With that, just, like, how hard can we be, right? Yeah. How extreme can we be? Can we, you know, let's let's wear weighted gloves um, and bring a knife to the mosh pit. Like, yeah. why, right? Um, yeah. 
not necessary at all. Um, right. <laughs> this, this is not what I signed up for. Disembowelment um, is not necessary I mean, for a mosh pit. No, the occasional black eye just because things get a little bit crazy. Sure, I understand. Um, or like but, even I would even go as far as like a like a broken cheekbone. Yeah, for sure. Reasonable, Makes sense. Reasonable in a mosh pit, but like. <laughs> But people should stay conscious. Um, people should stay conscious. They should keep their liver. People like, should be shouldn't... able to like walk out of the mosh pit. Absolutely. Um, on their own. But yeah, this is why <laughs> this is why metalcore was great and is definitely metal and not just hardcore. Yeah. Um but uh Wow. But we digress. But on that note, um the reason we were there was because it was a Christian concert, right? Yeah. Um and no, th- and this was that huge scene and that huge transition um where Christian core really started to build up, mm-hmm. right? Um and you had the the bands like like I said, like As I Lay Dying, right? Under Oath, right? Yeah. Um and you had asked earlier um if anything in that like metalcore scene had ever gotten big. Um and like I don't I don't think that anything metalcore wise will ever be on like Ryan Seacrest top 40. Right. Um, it's just too heavy yeah. and he'd never put it there. Yeah. Um, but if you look at like the billboards, it's just pure sales. Right. Yeah. Um, under oaths, define the great line, um, hit number two on the billboard top 200. Um, I, I did not know. Almost every single one of as I lay dying has hit like at least top 20. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's huge. It's a hu- absolutely huge scene. I'm um, eating my words. Now. You are. You are. I am bringing facts. <laughs> you were right, um, and I was less right. <laughs> wow. And it's recorded, too. Yes, I got this. Um, <laughs> I will hold this over your head for at least a week. Um, <laughs> oh, August Burns Red has a new album dropping. I wrote those notes before the album dropped. And was, it has since it, droppeth. It has has definitely dropped um it's a good album too um but no so going back to that right um i'm gonna i'm gonna move a whole lot of stuff around just because just like my arrows <laughs> i talked about the wrong stuff at the wrong time oh, yeah funny. um no but so so the sound of it right um the biggest thing that they brought was the breakdowns right um and then we went off into that tangent about mosh pits and the glorious fun that those are. Um, but going back to what they brought musically, right? Because mm-hmm. of the breakdowns, I feel like anything with core in its name, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that is metal in nature. Um, I don't know. I just love like that's why. This is my thing. Yeah. Like I said, I have always um, interchanged mm-hmm. genre titles. Why is hardcore not considered metal? Because it's not metal. But it, I don't see. I don't understand. Like what? It it has a little bit of a different sound to it. Um, it does. But maybe my brain is just too simple because okay. some of it, I'm just like, when you have really distorted guitars, when you have right. really fast drums, when you have that's, beats that blow that's your the face off. No, that's the difference. So the punk scene is a lot less distorted. Um, the okay. the punk scene is a little bit more of a rock and roll, but it's not rock and roll. Okay. It's very like anti rock and roll anti right okay. uh, basically if if you could be anti something then you're on the punk side of things okay but that's also what metal is right is where is hardcore in all of this then punk is hardcore punk is so hardcore. that's okay. like yeah the punk hardcore scene is okay um it, so hardcore is the difference between like pop punk like um uh fm static right mm, yeah. or um who else 
who who's a mainstream band that's pop punk? Let's look that up really quick. Like Diet Dance. Oh, so like, yeah, Blink Blink One Eighty Two would be more pop punk. Mm, right? Okay, all right. Um, whereas the hardcore scene would have more screaming in it, more um. Okay. All right. Weird. Yeah. Okay. This is when, like, okay, at the but beginning there's, of there's, this episode, we talked about how it's all gray lines, gray blurry is. lines of an amoeba. But if you get it wrong, then, then you'll get really crucified. Mad. So. <laughs> but it just, it doesn't make sense because, like, all of these genres truly touch each other. They do. In some way, shape, or form. And yep. so for people to get so upset when you Crazy. use the wrong word to define their really specific subgenre of something. Yeah. Like, you, yeah, I digress. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. No, <laughs> definitely. Um, but but that was the other thing with um, – so, yeah, they, they brought down uh, – or they brought in the use of the breakdown, right? Um, but also they brought in um, a little bit more of, I'd say, a balance to the dirty vocals, right? I think that's where you really found um, the differences between the, the lower growls and the high-pitched screams and then mm-hmm. using those in between. Um, and, that, and that, for me, I feel is like the, the perfect trifecta, right? Mm-hmm. If a band has – um, very clear, low vocals, um, mixed with you know a, a nice crisp scream, and then melodic vocals as mm-hmm. well to go over it, mm-hmm. and not just like boy band vocals, um, mm-hmm. but like just just really clean singing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'll I'll play that all day long for any occasion. Um, that's just sort of do my you, thought. Like personal preference, do mm-hmm. you prefer like a higher pitched? screeching scream or do you prefer a lower pitched growl i think they're both necessary yeah um if a band only has one i tend to not listen to them very much okay um but cool yeah yeah i like clean vocals deep growls you don't you don't like the the shrill screams i don't like the shrill screams i do like this much and then after that much that's that's good for me see i think the perfect band for me would be a base of the deep growls, right? And then and I know there's like 150 different types of way to scream, but a base of that mm-hmm. um, and then sort of backup vocals be, be a scream and then the chorus have a melody. Mm, yeah. You know? Yeah. That's that's a really, it's a, and it's a really good song structure. Yeah. For a metal song. Yeah. Just my thoughts. Just my thoughts. Just and my thoughts and opinions. opinions. Yeah, but I mean, basically anything that's on that hardcore side side of the metal genres is is a stuff that I would listen to. Yeah. I mean, if there was a, a blackened post Malone theater core, I'd probably listen to it. So. Blackened post Malone. <laughs> but I mean, it would probably sound great. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that you made yourself laugh so hard with that. Thank you. You're welcome. Be here all week. Um, Four days. At Um, least until May 4th. Also, Cinco de Mayo is the day after quarantine is supposed to stop. And it's a Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. And Coronas. It's a perfect trifecta. Speaking of trifectas. Trifecta. Yeah. um, Y'all. So anyways, more about metalcore. If you don't know what my favorite genre is right now, then you will by the end of this. 
Um, <laughs> and it's metalcore psych. Right. Spoiler oh, alert. Actually, I talked about most of those things because of the arrows. So, so metalcore really started back in the 80s, but then it didn't get its rise in popularity until that mid-2000s era. Um, and that was a lot because of the Christian core scene. Yeah. Um, and I think somebody who does a really good breakdown of that would be, um, who was it? Uh, Finn McKinty, right? Yes. From uh, the the punk rock NBA. He's also from Seattle, so shout outs to local people. Um, but I mean, he's like a, an absolute dictionary when it comes to that sort of stuff. Yes. Um, and I, and I, unlike us, he's been in the industry. We're has. both just consumers I just, I just of love music. music. Um, Right. So definitely go check that out because um, he has. Oh, he talked about it. Um, what killed Christian hardcore or yes. what killed the Christian core scene? Um, <laughs> Spoiler alert. Christians. Christians. Right? <laughs> Actually, no. And it, it was a big deal because yeah. it was um, honestly a lot of fake people. too. Yeah. Right. It was it was a lot of fake people. A lot of people kind of changing their views on on religious stances and all that sort of stuff, too, um, that, that kind of destroyed it right yeah. but there was a, a point in time where it was almost every single new uh hardcore or christian heart or i guess every single metalcore band that came out and started to get big was considered or at least called themselves a christian band or assumed um, to be a christian band unless until yeah. they said i mean otherwise. you could basically yeah. you could basically assume that they were right yeah. uh but then you had a whole lot of stuff happen, right? Like um, there was a huge fall off yeah. because I, I feel like um, there was a lot of people who just thought that it was sort of a fake and just for show. Um, and so I think that's what's, what's kind of killed the the hardcore scene a little bit. Um, when Finn McKenzie talks about the that like holier than thou mentality yeah. that started to rise, you had bands like Demon Hunter who are still performing, who are still incredible, incredible bands. Um, but they ended up, I feel, kind of falling by the wayside because these other Christian metal bands came to the forefront. They had a very overly religious tone to them, mm -hmm. and it was a very, like, we are better than you yeah, underlying tone to all of their music. And then you had stuff like uh, Tim, the lead singer from As I Lay Dying, right? He um, pulled a whole Joe Exotic mm -hmm. and uh, tried to get his wife killed. Yeah. Um, and, and then, then you have, then you have that. We won't get into a big thing, but you have that argument of how can you be Christian? Yeah, and do these things. There was a big bash, the, or big the hypocrisy. Back, yeah, big backlash on yeah. that from the hypocrisy, and good on that because yeah. you know call it out when you see it, right? Yeah. Um, we'll have a whole episode. Oh, probably dedicated to As I Lay Dying because I, I feel like it's safe to say As I Lay Dying is in both of our like top three. Yeah. Top five. Yeah, I was going to say at least top five. Yeah. For sure. Um, or they kind of hit the trifecta. Yeah. Me, so. um, also, in other news, August Prince Red has a new album coming out. You already out. talked about that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm stoked for it. It's a good album. No, you keep flipping. Um, he keeps I do. flipping his page, but the next page is blank. Well, I've kind of talked about all the metalcore that I want to talk about right now. Okay. Um, so do you want to outro us? Sure. I do have like a final closing thought. Oh, for sure. That would be beautiful. I think I could definitely go off for another like two or three, maybe six hours just on metalcore or the Christian core side of things too. Yeah. Um, personal experiences, stuff that I, I love about it, stuff that I don't love about it and everything yeah. like that. Um, but that would be one really, really long episode. Yeah. 
we'll 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 split it into one or two. Yeah. And right. it might not be what everybody wants to talk about, so we'll sprinkle it in from here and there. Here and there, yeah. You won't be from bombarded time time. with just metalcore. You might. Um, <laughs> no promises. No. No promises. No, I think more than anything, like this episode in particular, but like doing the research, we both did. We did our research separately, and then came and we're came to each other and we're talking about like all the stuff we learned. Um, and for me, it just boils down to the importance of acknowledging like none of these genres would exist without each other. Yeah. And without musical history. They all influenced each they other. They all influenced each other. They have all slowly evolved from each other. And American metal especially, it evolved from blues music. Yeah. Which evolved from jazz, which exists solely because of the slaves that brought music from Africa the over, whole slave trade, the yeah. s- over the ocean yeah. into the States where they were then enslaved. Um, and so, like... Yes, you can like your really specific type of music. You can like that just one certain sound, but you absolutely have to acknowledge that it all has the same roots. That it all truly, it all comes from the same place. Um, you don't have to like everything. I don't like everything. Right. Um, but you just you have to have respect for where the music has come from, and and all of these weird genres, all of these subgenres that some people don't consider metal, and some people don't consider one thing or another, like. They, like I said, it's just an amoeba, yeah. and it all it all conglomerates, it all intertwines, it all intertwines, it all touches each other in one way or another, and and it has all grown from the same root. Um, and everybody can all agree that Nickelback is terrible. Find find yes. somebody who likes metal that doesn't agree. Oh, I like the clarification of find somebody who <laughs> likes metal. Because I was going to be like, I know people who like Nickelback. Right. Um. My final thought was kind of piggybacking on the, like, is it hardcore enough? Is it metal enough? Right. There's this theory that Mozart wrote his final requiem on his deathbed. He was so ill, I believe from syphilis. He was so ill, he couldn't even, like, hold a pen. Wow. And he orated it to, like, his sworn enemy. Hmm. Like, so, yeah, your metal is heavy, your drums are heavy, your guitar is distorted, but, like, right. how metal are you? That's pretty metal. Your metal exists because of syphilis. Right. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, uh, that is our episode about metal genres. Again, we know we didn't talk about all of them. We know we didn't talk about all the bands. And I know we didn't go into super specific detail, but there's so much information. There's so out much, there. um, and you can't. Once again, I think like what we talked about in episode one, right? Um, we want to create something that everybody can listen to and kind of pick something from, um, but mm-hmm. it's not something that's created to please everybody either, right? Um, I'm not gonna talk about your favorite band, probably. That's just. And it's not personal. It's not personal, but there's just so many good musicians out there there's so many good artists out there Mm -hmm. there's so much to talk about um at the same time though i would love to hear recommendations of stuff that you feel like we should focus in on um i'd love to go back through some of these genres or other genres as well and just maybe do one whole episode you know one whole hour-long episode psychedelic black metal all right let's go for it um (laughs) travel through 
Colorado and get our free mushrooms yeah. or mm, legal, legal, mu- mushrooms. legal mushrooms. You still have to pay and for them. And <laughs> keep going. Um, no, but I think that's uh, I, I think that's sort of us going forward with this. Um, yeah. And yeah, that is episode two. Cut and paste or whatever they say. Right. Trim and something. Trim and season. Ready for the <laughs> table. I don't know. <laughs>